welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater of the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. Now is the time to help us out, and there are so many ways you can. Subscribe, leave us a review, share your favorite episode, or become a sponsor, or do all of the above. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit TheaterTheNow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. They have been a staple in the New York City drag scene for years and has now become a staple in your ears as one half of the Wigging Out podcast. It's Martyr. Hello. Oh, ooh, hello. How are you, baby? I'm, I'm doing all right. It's been a while. I haven't seen you maybe in years. It's like physically Probably. seen you. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. Um, <laughs> yeah, th- this whole pandemic bullshit is uh, really fucked with time and, mm-hmm. and social mm-hmm. lives. <laughs> uh, big time. Um I've done too many Zooms in my life, and I didn't think that was going to be a thing. But here, oh, here we are doing another one. <laughs> same, and and I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. But you know what? The good thing of podcasting and Zoom is you get to talk to people who aren't around, and you get to chat with people who may live in another area. So I, I'm I I'm happy I to have Zoom, but. Me too. We, um, me and Caitlin on Wigging Out, um, we were able to talk to like people from like South Africa and mm-hmm. India. Like it's been, it's been wild. So I'm thankful for that. But yeah, I, I <laughs> I'm doing a recap for Drag Race UK this Friday with the Queen mm. from the UK. Oh my god, um, it's exciting. like you know what? If yeah. I got one of your sisters on the show, and we're, we're going to talk about you, Kitty Scott Claus. Oh. We're going to get all the tea. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. It's, it's but yeah, mm-hmm. it, it is a great way to connect with people. The mm-hmm. technology is cool, except yeah. also the reason we're all miserable. <sighs> Always. <laughs> well, I'm excited to learn about you and for the listeners to learn about you. And we always start from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Where are you from? Uh, good old Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> oh, fun. Now, what, um, what's life like in Jacksonville? um miserable uh, <laughs> i always joke that um people are always like oh i've never been there i should go and i'm like no you shouldn't it's mm-hmm. just it's just like um it's a big city but a very small town energy if you kind of sure. catch my catch my drift or right on the border of like georgia so we have a lot of southern hospitality mm-hmm. um so not a the biggest fan of florida i've been there or were, was there my whole life but um not a big fan haven't been back since i moved to New York. So <laughs> um, now, obviously, being from Jacksonville, you're mm-hmm. you're a Jaguars fan, right? Oh yeah, go Duval. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, listen, I I I what I I did the sports when I was younger. I knew the sports, um, but mm-hmm. I feel like most people now associate the Jaguars with the Good Place and Blake mm-hmm. Bortles. Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. Come on, it's funny. It's funny. We lo- we love a shout out. Um, what gets me? Um, I I don't know if it was airing when I was living there. I went to school at FSU. But mm-hmm. um anytime a show mentions Tallahassee, because I think Tallahassee is like bumfuck nowhere. I know it's the capital, yeah. but like it's it's nowhere. Um oh can I swear? I of swear. Course. A lot. Okay. Of course. <laughs> I, I didn't know. Oh the um, listeners know me. They they know uh, especially <laughs> when I'm pissed off at uh, TV shows, I swear a lot. Okay, great. Um because I have a mouth of a sailor. But um yeah Tallahassee is like the bumfuck of nowhere and um I think the office, they had like a whole like arc mm-hmm. where they're just like having an Apple store in Tallahassee. And I think that's so bizarre. So Tallahassee and Jacksonville, you know. <laughs> now, what were you like as a kid in Florida? Um, 
pretty much kind of how I am now. I I'm pretty reserved. Um, and I was pretty reserved back then. Um, would just, um, I lived like maybe a mile or two away from my high school at the time. And I would just like walk to and from school basically, which was like kind of unheard of. Most of the kids like would take buses in, um, kind mm-hmm. of like that kind of community. Um, and just, yeah, kind of kept to myself. I would stay super late at school, just very bookish and, um, to myself had a close uh knit of friends and kept to that i wasn't never like outrageous and i was kind of boring but <laughs> weren't we all we, we all uh, had that phase yeah yeah so you stayed you stayed in florida for college what did you mm-hmm. study um i was originally going to study voice i wanted to be a choir teacher um oh, cool F- i know um and then fell out of love there was some drama with the fsu um department of music don't want to get into her but um I switched to English literature and I got really mm. into critical theory. I love talking and thinking about things um, and uh, minored in art history and museum studies, which led okay. me to my master's at NYU um, with, in museum studies. Um, so yeah, I'm all over the place. <laughs> now, was NYU the goal or was New York ultimately the goal? Um, I, I've been wanting to go to NYU since... Uh, I don't know. I'm very ladybird of me, but very, since like middle school. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I think it was like my gateway to get to New York, basically. Um, sure. I mean, I haven't left, so. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So you're, you're basically legal when you come to New York. So you're mm-hmm. able to go out and do and explore. When mm-hmm. did drag into your life? Um, actually, um, FSU, I did their um, amateur drag competition. Um, mm-hmm. My first one. I want to say it was like October 2014. Um, okay. And I I did it. It looked, people read me for my makeup now, but they haven't seen these photos. These Will anyone see those photos? I mean, I have them on my phone. I'll show them to people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Everyone I has actually, to have a humbling, humble beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I did Rose's Turn from Gypsy. Um, Naturally. Patty Lapone. Um, of version. course. And I, I think I placed like third out of like 10 or 12 people and looking like that. Okay. So nice. Uh, and then after that, I would do drag like maybe once every couple of months, but I didn't really like start doing drag until I moved to the city and like um, I performed at Barracuda, did like star search like every week. Mm-hmm. I would literally mm-hmm. do my makeup during my grad school classes. I would like glue down my eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, of course, naturally. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the origin story of your drag name and persona. How mm. did Martyr become Martyr? Oh, uh, do you want the real story, the fun story, or the uh, the one in between? <laughs> you know what? Uh, give give us the, the give us the fun story that will probably lead story. to the origin story. Okay, um, the fun story. Um, I just some bitch. You called me um, a martyr incorrectly, and I thought that was like really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my friends in high school, um, they would just start calling me martyr. They would just be like, oh, you're being such a martyr right now. And my mom used to call me that too, as a kid, just like, um, I would try to being raised Catholic, I would try to like guilt tripper. Um, and she'd be like, don't be such a martyr. So, <laughs> um, that's kind of like the fun story. It was just like, it, it's a name that I just kept getting her, uh, repeated all the time. And I was like, that could be kind of fun because I love Catholic imagery and such. So mm. just like that'd be kind of like a fun name, kind of like Madonna, but like a little more 
um, gender fluid, not necessarily masculine, because I I knew I wanted like, if I did drag, I wanted like a one one word name. Sure. Um, And yeah, that just kind of popped up. Like there's so many martyrs. So just like, I'm the martyr basically. (laughs) Now, Mm -hmm. I'm sure everyone has pronounced it all different ways. Mm -hmm. Set the record straight. How are we, what are we calling you? Martyr is how I pronounce it. (laughs) Perfect. Um, That kind of came out. I just wanted to feminize it slightly, but um, you Mm -hmm. can call me. I honestly just don't like martyr, but if you call me like any kind of syllable somewhere near that, I'm fine with it. Uh, My favorite's like, um, some friends call me Marty. Um, My favorite was Martin, um, Martin Mm -hmm. the Drag King. Uh, (laughs) So it's whatever. Yeah. As long so as how would made. you how would you describe martyr in three words um spooky spooky mm-hmm. jesus <laughs> yeah that fits I, I i see that how long does it take to transform into drag what what is the process like nowadays um i think now i i'm usually rushing i work full time so all these gigs i'm like trying to get there on time um so i think i try to do an hour to an hour and a half makeup wise. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's been a journey. It's, I feel like my makeup's gotten worse because I feel like I'm rushing. But <laughs> um, uh, when I do the full, um, I did a full piece for Halloween um, and that took me like eight hours to do. Mm-hmm. And I was very proud of that one. But um, yeah, I, I'd say like two hours ish uh, on a good day. Well, how did the evolution of your drag makeup start and how how did you get to where you are now because you really have one of the most distinct faces in new york oh thank you that's so kind of you um i so i was obsessed with um milk on season six of drag race um Mm -hmm. when she did the beard and i was like more queens should do like bearded looks. I think that's so fun. Um, and I was like, I could do that. And so my first amateur show, I grew out my, I, I can't grow a beard. Um, and so I grew out my stubble um, and I would get like mascara and just like do like, I think it was like a drag king technique. They would mm. just like paint on a beard. And so from that, I started doing like more grease paint and I would um, do a full, like just black beard on my face um and I've stopped doing that um often I haven't done it probably like two or three years um just because it was like a mess to clean up all the time and then um setting it was a nightmare and um I couldn't get uh clean up um after the gig or like at the bar because um it basically would look like I just did like blackface or something. So um, I wanted to avoid that connotation. (laughs) So, um, and I felt like I was just using too much um, black paint on my face. So I just, it was getting a little comfortable. So it's just like, let's soften it up. Let's be a little more femme. So Mm -hmm. um, the beard hasn't been touched in a minute, but maybe I'll make a comeback. Maybe. I think I should do maybe a few looks here and there, but not, not as a staple anymore. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Who were some of the first people that helped you out in your drag journey when you got to New York? Ooh. We're talking like first, first. Um, yeah. Tina Burner hosted Dr- mm-hmm. a star search and I was not the audience cup of tea. Uh, <laughs> but, Chelsea of shocking. I know who would have thought. <laughs> um, 
and but she was always very encouraging and um she um I did a performance of green light when that song was very popular and she was like that was one of the most artistic performances I've ever seen which I was like thank you I know you're drunk right now but thank you <laughs> <laughs> um so um she was uh that I always have like a very soft spot for Tina um for that um and then when I started merging to performing over into Brooklyn um uh my good fake mom auntie i don't know what to call her um emmy great has always been very kind um she me and her just kind of latched to each other and um mm-hmm. she's given me a, a very nice stage and platform um and it's been uh very kind of her to do because she i'm just some white twink in brooklyn i'm we're a dime a dozen let, um, let, but let's be real she she loves the white twinks as much as i love, love the white twinks she loves the white twinks <laughs> it's so, a tease yeah uh <laughs> so um she was very uh influential on in getting me started in brooklyn um other names um and then um i see her as like kind of a mentor kind of just like a nice inspiration it's it's such a pleasure to have her like contacting my phone. I'm honored to have her um, as Untitled Queen. Um, mm-hmm. She is one of my icons, and just to be um, cl- uh, friends with her is like really cool to me. Um, I just love her art, and um, I'm trying to do somewhat halfway close to what she can produce, basically. Absolutely. So, yeah. Let's talk Brooklyn. Okay. How would you describe Brooklyn drag? Oof. <laughs> What era? <laughs> yeah, um, that's that's the interesting thing. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there is a real difference between like pre-pandemic and now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think currently, I think the pandemic kind of made like a vacuum of mm-hmm. um, shows and stuff. We saw like a huge shift on like what shows came back, what performers came back. Um, but at the end of the day, um, Brooklyn feels very... POC and trans led. Um, mm. And I feel like that's kind of different than Manhattan. I, I don't have the highest opinion of Manhattan, so I hope that doesn't come out. That's fair. But here it is. <laughs> um, and um, I think we're more open and accepting of different types of drag. We're a little, everyone says cutting edge, but I think we're just more open to less polish and like, um, being messy, being creative, being out there kind of um, audiences want, when you go to a Brooklyn show, you want something a little different, you, off the cuff kind of thing. Yeah. So. There, there's a different sense of artistry in Brooklyn, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it, where in Manhattan, it's really about entertaining the crowds when mm-hmm. most of the crowds are going to be drunk gay men mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. drunk white mm-hmm. women who mm-hmm. have no boundaries um <laughs> in brooklyn you're allowed to express yourself and share stories and and create mm. work it, that you wouldn't be able to do mm. when a bar is you know trying mm. to make that green line happen um at the end of the night yeah i think in like it's heyday I, i'm not saying brooklyn's over but um yeah. it um very experimental theater and I, we're starting to see stuff come up again with that which is really cool mm-hmm. um i think queens now is currently what Brooklyn was like maybe a decade ago. Like yeah. it's like getting up into like just being fucking weird, um, which is really cool to see. So absolutely. 
Now, do you think Dragula has made an influence on how people perceive Brooklyn drag? Oh, interesting. Um, especially this season. Well, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, no comments. Th- <laughs> um, well, it's it sucks because um, I think both um, the Brooklyn performers and Dragula currently are very talented. Um, I think with the drama that's been, because fans just latch onto the what they saw on TV, um, it's kind of given Brooklyn a bad name. Um, I mean, they are making very excellent television. Um, and, sure. But I, I, I do worry that um, Brooklyn's going to be known as the Mean Girl Club, but maybe we are, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I think there are definitely mean girls in all the boroughs um mm-hmm. not naming names but i definitely you you, you know who you are mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I just think this season of dragula they, they've latched on to the ones who were going to give you the drama who mm-hmm. happen to not have the nicest tone at all the mm-hmm. time yeah um that's tv and that's what yeah. we have to remember is we're watching a tv show mm-hmm. and there probably have been very nice moments for them yeah. but that's not good tv they so. They produce the fuck out of it, and I'm here for it. It's yeah. it's been oh, God. fun to watch. <laughs> it it is definitely been an adventure this season, I for mm-hmm. sure. Now mm-hmm. you've been able to participate in a handful of staple events in Brooklyn, including mm-hmm. Bushwig. Mm-hmm. Why are these events important, and how do they shape the Brooklyn scene? Um, Bushwig is what I wish Pride was like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just. It's queer operated. It's queer uh, performers. It's just a queer central event. Um, And it just feels um, like a family reunion, kind of. It's like a Mm -hmm. good way to connect and uh, reconnect if we need to. It's just like a a big blowout for the summer, basically. It's like the end of summer. So a lot of people like look forward to it because of that initial reaction. But it's also like a lot of these performers might not have that like big of a stage or big of a crowd to perform sure. to. So I like, um, I know I, I, this year I put too much pressure on myself, but like, it's, um, I, I know that like, I, I don't currently don't get to perform as much as I want to. So like, I have to use that stage as like a time to do that. And, um, I, I try to bring like higher concepts and more production value than sure. I normally would at like Metropolitan, which I live down the street from. <laughs> so um, Now with it being an, uh, an annual thing and knowing mm-hmm. that you usually will have a place should you want mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. how far ahead do you plan up uh, concepts? Um, I th- well, mine actually changed this year. Um, I think they both were like kind of more last minute than, um, mm-hmm. I wanted to be um, because I initially, I think when they announced Bushwick 10, um, which I want to say was like June, May-ish, I was just like started getting the wheels turning. Um, And I like kind of like pinned down a performance then, but um, I performers didn't hear back um, as soon as I would have liked. So that um, affected getting backup performers and net planning sure. around that. Cause uh, um, I, I like to have some help on stage. Um, and I think uh, within like a month, maybe, yeah, within a month, I like 
redid uh, a new concept and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, but I'm, I'm always thinking about it because I'm just like, what do I want to bring each year kind of? Um, are you a, an artist who has like a journal of these are my ideas, these are the things, the stories I want to tell eventually? Um, my, <laughs> I look like a cult leader with my notebooks because I'm just like writing like <laughs> half the time it just says Jesus was here. <laughs> I'm just like, um, and stuff like that. It's just, yeah, they're like scribbles and I'm writing ideas. Um, I, I do that mostly for my photography a lot too. Mm -hmm. um, right now I have, I'm working on this like long-term project I've been focusing on for like a year. And um, right now I just have like a list of names and like I have like little doodles that I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I took this photo, but does it represent this image that's in my head? It's... <laughs> I look crazy. <laughs> so you mentioned one of the first things you did when you came to New York was Star Search. Mm -hmm. um, you are no strangers to competition, whether long form, one-offs. Mm -hmm. Why are competitions important when it comes to finding your footing in New York? Um, I think they're good for multiple reasons. It just um, gives you a platform or gives mm -hmm. you a stage. Um, it gives you like uh initial hood or like initial place to like meet sisters make some friends like really quickly because you're like in sort of like uh don't, i'm not saying it's tense it's not like a drag race kind of situation but it's just sure. sort of like a camaraderie of like doing the same thing um and i think with like more short-term competitions or like weekly competitions you can become sort of like a staple of like that kind of cycle and that kind of um mm -hmm. environment so you can like start knowing your audience more so it's like it really did like puts you through boot camp kind of Absolutely. for um when you're first starting out and um uh, it can humble you too um because you're like if you're just moving to the city and it's just sort of like this is what this is how you get your foot in the door kind of thing it's yeah. it's paying your dues Kind Absolutely. Of, yeah. Now I don't. We're not gonna. We're not gonna be triggering here, but we are gonna mm. talk about uh, your experience in the Ultimate Drag Pageant. <laughs> um, because I was there every week. I watched mm -hmm. that journey, mm -hmm. and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like it was a frustrating experience for you because you were giving us art. I was mm -hmm. acknowledging your art. Thank you. And I was probably one of the only people in the room acknowledging that because mm -hmm. the critiques you would get every week. I don't know how you kept quiet. <laughs> because they just weren't fair. Um, listen, I love Marty and what she does. <laughs> um, I just know, I think new going in, I was like, I, I, I'm not winning this competition. There's no way in hell I'm winning this competition. Um, and I wanted to go kind of to give Manhattan a different taste of what drag can be. And not sure if I was super successful in that, but, um, I just wanted to show my showcase my talents to a different audience than I'm used to and what they're used to. Um, yeah, it was it was frustrating, especially because it was really far away. Basically, we told I don't get it. <laughs> so, um, but it um, for those like same reasons I said um, I I liked my cast for the most mm -hmm. part. Um, I didn't really have an issue with anybody, um, and I think most of my cast is still like active in the scene yeah which is really cool um but yeah i they don't get it and that's fine uh, um i i'm just honored that i won one week and i can take that to my grave <laughs> and which week was that, that 
it was the political week um and naturally no shade to the girls um trump mixes were there (laughs) and i was just like let's do the original trump let's do some reagan stuff and so um i did an hiv aids performance which Mm -hmm. um I think I had like 10 people, not 10 people, probably less than that, but I had a few people like come up to me and be like, that made me cry. I'm like, I did my job. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, alongside C. Tepper, you host the Wigging Out podcast. Tell us about your show. Sure. Um, it was kind of a, we kind of just stumbled upon it. Um, Caitlin has been interviewing artists or drag artists at least five years now she's been doing it for quite a while she used to work work on um hey queen um she was a i think an assistant producer on the show and um she interviewed me for work.com and um that's how we kind of became kind of close and um she knew i had a interest in drag and as a performer in the scene um i can make like connections with uh, other queens i just i just love talking about like stuff we've seen, stuff we've dealt with, that kind of history. It's very, um, cause one of my favorite movies um, is Paris is Burning. And just like that kind of like capturing that lightning in a bottle, those stories are just like sure. uh, super interesting to me. So um, me and Caitlin were just like, we love talking about this stuff. We love listening to other people talk about their art. Um, we should do something about it. We should like document this. Cause I feel like a lot of these stories are um, largely left like unwritten or undocumented absolutely um and so we just kind of went on that mission and started just interviewing mostly our friends but um we started reaching out and getting more people um and yeah we've it's our little it's our little baby um i love it dearly um the sole uh, editor (laughs) on the the podcast i'm sure you have the same issue (laughs) oh i know it oh i know it's a it's a it's fun um Um, did, did you yeah. have any podcasts that you used as um, inspiration or influence when you were creating the format and everything? Um, good question. I think we mostly, I had at the time um, for grad school, I was interviewing artists for my thesis. Um, I was mm-hmm. interviewing um, different people in museums and such. Um, so I kind of went off my own kind of basis of that. And then Caitlin, um, she I forget how many she's gonna kill me but um she interviewed I want to say like a hundred drag artists for a book that she wrote Mm -hmm. um and so our our format's kind of based off like her initial questions and then we kind of cater it towards each performer um and what they want to bring to I just discuss basically so so let I I, maybe it's more geeky me wanting to know Mm -hmm. maybe the listeners want to know as well but what is your process preparing for a, a specific guest um that's a good question so i'm naturally pretty shy uh, so um caitlin likes to be very hands-on and like reaching out to people and um she has connections through her book and through work and um so she likes to reach out more more than i do i usually get the more local girls um and reach um and she is more in charge of the international folks uh, or the yeah and so we like to basically we just do like a very basic deep dive of their instagram their social media is basically like what are their interests what are they doing Mm -hmm. and um we start from there and just um build off 
certain questions off of that. Um, and if I'm sure listeners would probably guess like the first half of the interview, I'm fairly silent because <laughs> I'm just trying to like gauge this person and understand what, where they're coming from. And then the second half and third half is like when I like start talking <laughs> and not ignoring the group. <laughs> um, and it's just, um, we try to divvy it up that way just um, cause Caitlin is good at like getting through the door and I'm more like, um, I ask more on the cuff questions. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. How would you say the show has evolved since your first episode? Oh boy. Um, I would say our sounds gotten better, but that's not true. <laughs> um, I think we've gotten more into a groove of like, um, how edits can work um, and what we're asking of our guests. We're a little more prepared and um, what is needed of us and like how to guide an interview. Cause some people like they, um, we want our guests to like kind of um, guide the interview. Like we want to mostly get a lot of information out of them. Um, and sometimes we have to like, um, usually as my job is like a producer is like trying to like shorten it or like get them to speak longer and such. So, um, just gauge, um, engaging with people in that way, just trying to get the best material and the best, Absolutely. um, uh, what do you call it? Version of themselves. They're yeah. like uh, best angle basically. Yeah. I've joked many times on the podcast where I'll, I'll basically tell my listeners if it's a short episode, it's a bad guest. Um, mm -hmm. because like, there's just only so much you can do. And, one of my tricks is not many people know this. I basically have the same questions for every single interview. Mm -hmm. I may switch them around a little bit, mm -hmm. but it's going to be the same format. Mm -hmm. And if I can do the same questions in two hours with someone in 45 minutes, it means they're not good guests. Yo, so yo. it's just really, really funny to um, see how easy some people are to talk and then other mm -hmm. people, um, mm -hmm. it's like pulling teeth and you're like, well, we're just, we're going to end this early. Yeah, it's interesting because like we're I mean, we're all artists and artists never shut the fuck up about themselves. God knows I don't. Um, and so just like getting answers out of people, it's just like, why'd you agree to this in the first place? Exactly. <laughs> Believe me. Yeah. I mean, there have been definitely been times where it, it's been like part of a prize package where I've like mm -hmm. offered to bring them on. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't offer that as much anymore. <laughs> Not saying names, but mm -hmm. <laughs> How many episodes deep are you guys so as of this point? Um, I think, let me check. I can literally check right now. Because <laughs> um, um, our schedule this year has been a little more chaotic than I've wished. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we're up to our 55th episode was supposed to come out this week, but um, we had some issues um, with some audio. So we're, um, we're, spoilers i guess we're re-recording <laughs> a certain uh, part of the episode just because of That's some fair. mic issues um because we want to we don't want um our listeners to tune out um because sure. uh, this is a lovely guest i'm very excited about their episode so yeah. nice yeah <laughs> you are up for a glam award again for mm -hmm. best podcast um mm -hmm. what would it mean to you to win um just getting that recognition from the community is really cool um and I'm sure that's the, the same for you. Just like being oh, noticed uh, by our peers. Um, and cause um, I think we're in a, a great time for drag 
and I want this, I want the little people, uh, not necessarily our guests are like little, mm-hmm. but um, I want their tales to be like stored and Absolutely. to be able to listen to later too. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, I, I like to say that I provide a voice for the voiceless mm-hmm. um, because yeah, I can go out and interview all the drag race girls and get them on and talk for 15 minutes and whatever. That's cool. Mm-hmm. There, I'll get more listeners that way, but I'd mm-hmm. rather get the community to hear about what you don't get to see on stage. Yeah because they don't have the time or the ability to share those stories on stage. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm always excited to um, interview the, 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 the up and comers mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and see how their journeys grow since their interviews. But this year for me has been a little different because I committed to drag race and that's not oh, stopped. All, all 50 seasons of it this year. <laughs> and, and as of today, they announced drag race France. So oh, I, I, I just, I just, I, <laughs> I made the commitment. I'm not quitting. I'm going to do Italia. It's going to be fine. God bless you. Um, I gave up after you uh, down under. I, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> A lot of people didn't. Who are some of your dream guests to have on the podcast? Oh boy. Um, I think we're in talks of getting Linda Simpson on. Oh, nice, um, nice. And uh, that kind of fell through, but she would be lovely. We, uh, me and Caitlin got to see her talk at the uh, Photographiska um, about mm-hmm. her photo book and her photos are lovely. So that'd be, that'd be a very interesting interview. I just, I, me personally, I love old New York stories. So um, yeah. the, the older generation of um, drag queen club kids um, love hearing from them. Um, i trying to think of right now, Caitlin always wants um, more international guests and um mm-hmm. And I, we're, we're coming, we're, we get um, quite a few at this point. So I think we're good, but like, we're always looking for more, t- uh, I guess, global talent. Um, and there's no shortage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Drag Race Girls would be cool too. I just want, I want someone just to come on the show and just spill some like really nasty tea and just, we'll get on the front page of Reddit and... <laughs> Believe me, I, I, we, I've had my fair share of Rue girls listening and not being happy with some of the Ooh. things that have come out of, not my mouth, my mm-hmm. guest mouth. And I'm oh. like, mm-hmm. I've now for my recaps had, it's like sometimes have to do like a precursor. Of, this is an entertainment podcast. We're here talking mm-hmm. about characters on a reality show. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, y'all got to yeah. lighten up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to play our first game. It's called oh. this or that. Okay. I'm going to give you two options. You're going to pick one. Okay. Excited. Right or wrong? Wrong. <laughs> Fight or flight? Oh. Flight. I'm not too scrappy. Night or day? Night, 100%. Lead or tag along? That's hard. Oh. You can't ask the verse queen this. Um <laughs> I guess say tag along. Yeah. All right. Music or podcast? Music. <laughs> Same. Um, heartbreaker or heartbroken? Heartbroken. Paper or plastic? Paper. Recycle. Breakfast or dinner? Lunch. There. Vanilla, <laughs> vanilla or kinky? Oh, kinky, honestly. <laughs> Goofy or Donald? 
goofy. Marvel or DC? Dark Horse. Wordle <laughs> <laughs> or Charmander? Oh. Mm. Squirtle, 100%. And finally, Star Wars episodes one through three or Star Wars episodes seven through nine? Oh, this, oh don't do this to me. <laughs> um, you don't get the funny. easy one. You don't get well, the middle one. Oh, I one. actually, I don't, everyone loves those. Those are probably my least favorite. <laughs> Whoa, hot take here. Hot take, hot take. Um, I just didn't grow up with them as much as the, okay, that's fair, that's fair. the new trilogies. Um, oh, God. <laughs> Oh, I think episode eight is the best Star Wars film. Okay. I know that's a, I know that's a hot take. Um, so I'm going to have to go with the new trilogy. But Phantom Menace has a special place in my heart. <laughs> I mean, listen, I so when I asked for questions and stuff for you, I posted that picture and mm-hmm. I did have a person um, <laughs> respond with the fire emoji and say that was very hot. So <laughs> I'm so flattered. Thank you for yeah. sexy Darth Maul. <laughs> Now, we, we, we hit a little bit of some of the fandoms you're into. Mm. Are you, would you call yourself a geek? I guess. I think, like, nerd is... Okay, I don't nerd. Know. Is that... I, are those different? I don't, I don't know. know. That's the, oh, yeah. I don't know if there's a yeah. difference. Nerd, um, usually it's like they have the tape glasses. Geek is like mm. geeky things. I don't know. Because, like, when I hear geek, I think of, like the superheroes and i'm very not superheroes i'm not into superheroes that's fair um but like a nerd i'm just because like i not to be like i read but like i read a lot (laughs) so that's um, that's a good thing um and not i feel like stuff that people like are find boring so i Mm -hmm. that i think i I get really nerdy about very specific topics (laughs) same i i'm definitely that way too um now being from florida you enjoy Disney. You must have gone to Disney a couple times. Um, so we used we live like two hours away. So uh, it be it be rare if we didn't go at least once a year. Um, we oftentimes we would go two three times a year. Um, and then in high school, my choir would go every Christmas season for um, mm-hmm. and we would perform in the oh god uh fuck what's it called candlelight yeah disney's candlelight Candlelight, uh procession Mm -hmm. Um, yep and we would sing all the little songs and um Mm -hmm. i never had any of the cool guests unfortunately um i think we had someone from desperate housewives not a lead character but (laughs) i think he was the plumber or something or something like that like the plumber i think so (laughs) that's fair okay Oh, and I'm sure uh, all the middle-aged moms would have, were thrilled with that one, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, we did have Neil Patrick Harris, now that I think about it. Oh, okay, yeah. cute. Yeah, um, and so we would go a lot. Um, I actually, growing up, I wanted to be an Imagineer, like, really bad. Um, Absolutely. now I'm more of, like, a closet Disney guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know too much about the theme parks at this point that, I, like, I can't turn it off. But Well, um, good to know, because <laughs> um, I'm going to be doing a couple theme park-related podcasts. So, Ooh, you know. oh, yeah, yeah. please. <laughs> Um, now, obviously, as a fan of Star Wars, mm-hmm. you must be dying to get to Galaxy's Edge at some point. Yes, um, that's I, I. When I moved out of Florida, I tentatively made plans to go to the 50th anniversary, which is the, happening right now, basically. Um, and it, it basically would be the only reason for me to go to Florida at this point. Um, but I, 
I can't justify stepping into the swamp. <laughs> um, and, but yeah, uh, Galaxy's Edge, I've seen so many videos about it. And, um, and now they're having that hotel experience, which I'm yes, like, they are. It, it costs more than like their actual cruise ships. <laughs> it's, it's a little ridiculous. Um, I wish now I, I am obviously very much so a big Disney gay. I am a theme park Disney gay. Um, mm. I watched the videos nonstop. It's kind of sick. Um, I kind of wish I was one of those like people who got the press pass that would mm. get the invite to go stay there for the mm. duration, but I'm not there yet. But yeah. I, I've the quarantines really changed my perception of what I wanted to do. Yeah. And my mom asked me one day, she's, she's like, if money was no object, what would you do? And I immediately said, I want to be a Disney vlogger. So <sighs> that sounds fun. <laughs> it's something I'm like, looking into, but yeah. we'll get there eventually. We'll get there. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love to go behind the music and learn a little bit about you and performance. Okay. What would you say is your signature number and how did it become your signature number? Um, not to toot my own horn, but I think I have a few. <laughs> um, I think the one that my friends like to reference the most mm-hmm. um is one i i name i don't usually name my mixes after the song i usually give it like its own little title like a little art sure. piece um so i have one performance i call tongues um and the whole concept is um i have like a long monologue that i found on youtube um about this girl believing she can speak in tongues um mm-hmm. um the literally the funniest video i've seen in a while but um I don't know if you've seen the movie Jesus Camp. Um, I have not. One of my favorite documentaries. It's a horror film, but it is a documentary. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and there, uh, that's how I originally got the idea was just because um, these little children, like they're younger than 10, are like thinking they're speaking to God through like um, gibberish. Um, and I find that fascinating. So got this monologue. Um, and I don't know how it popped in my head. Um, I like meme humor and like referential humor and i think around that uh the time i was thinking about it like scat man that the the song from the 90s um was like popular for some reason i don't remember exactly why but um the concept of that being like my my speaking to god and gibberish mm-hmm. uh was really funny to me so i go from this long very dramatic monologue of wanting to connect with god um, into Scatman. And so um, I have a lot of friends that will just like reference me as like the Scatman. When some people think it's like a kink thing, because they think of the scat kink, sure. which not related at all. No poop jokes, not for me. Uh, <laughs> and um, I also think I throw some God warrior in there because it's just a drag staple. Of course. So. Of course. Um, yeah, but that's basically it. It's just me freaking out doing the Scatman um, performance. Um, now, when it know. comes to creating mix, what mm. comes first? Is it the the theme, the song, the mm. the sound clip? How how do you develop your mixes? Um, I guess it depends on the concept. Usually, um, my more funny ones. Um, I only have a handful, of those. <laughs> but um, I I think of like a referential like meme. I'm just like, okay, that'd be really stupid. I should do something with that. Um, and so I usually if it's like a sound clip, I'll go off of that and like try to find some music that's referential enough that um, the theme is like connected through that. Yeah. Nice. In the world opening up, we're back to doing drag roulettes. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite request you've ever gotten in the drag roulette? 
favorite request. Hmm. That is a hard one. I don't do these that often, um, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> um, I anything no here here's what i'll say emmy uh, likes to um torture me with celine dion um because i i celine don't Dion's like... torture what what you haven't seen it's all coming back to me now Eight once times. a week once a day for like mm -hmm. two weeks <laughs> fair so, okay fair fair so it's a lie i I've seen the music video um, all during quarantine every fucking day because <laughs> someone who was over every day, but the long that's version not... too. Oh, love that. Um, so <laughs> that's um, probably my favorite and least favorite request for a drag roulette because um, if Emmy's in the crowd, I make it her worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to stick with music and music is universal. It brings people together and helps give a little insight on a person. In this game, we are going to create a playlist of nine songs that are the soundtrack of your life. We are playing Martyr's Ultimate Playlist. Ooh. I'm going to give you a prompt and you're going to okay. tell me the song that fits. Okay. All right. Number one, a song from your childhood. Vitamin C graduation. That's <laughs> nice. nice. A song that reminds you of college. Bon Iver Holocene. Okay. A song that gets you in the mood to party. Mm. Basically anything off Born This Way. Okay. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> A song to fall asleep to. Lo-fi hip-hop beats to study and relax to. <laughs> nice, nice. A song that you know all the lyrics to. Nicki Minaj's verse in Monster. <laughs> all right, all right. A song that reminds you of an ex. Oh, I was just thinking about this earlier. Um, Philip Phillips. Um, Oh God, what's his, I don't know his discography. Um, I'm just going to say Philip Phillips. <laughs> a song you listen to when you're down. Um, I actually have a depression playlist and it's my most played on Spotify. Um, <laughs> um, you know what? You're probably not alone. Yeah. Um, when I'm down. Lately, I've been listening to Women's Work by Kate Bush. So. All right. A song from your favorite movie. Hellfire from the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, and <laughs> finally, the song that made you who you are. Cavalier by James Vincent McMorrow. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah. Irish little folk singer. <laughs> Listeners, that was Martyr's Ultimate Playlist. Oh. <laughs> We're going to play another game. We're going to we love the games here. If you're not familiar with the website Cameo, you can book a celebrity to record a message for you or a loved one for a small price. But each celebrity has a different cost. Okay. In this game, you have to guess who costs more. Okay. And we are going to be doing the Disney version. Now, this okay. is going to span Disney Channel, Disney. Oh, boy. Here Disney. we go. <laughs> we got a lot. So we'll, we'll see how much you know and who you okay. remember. And okay. again, maybe out you for some of your uh, Disney loves. <laughs> All right. First up, David Henry or Christy Carlson Romano? Oh, 
David Henry's um from Wizard of Waverly Place. Yep. Christy. Oh, she's the weird one on YouTube now. I'm gonna say her. <laughs> she is the weird one on YouTube. Oh my god, she's so memeable. But yes, she is. That is correct. Uh, Christy Carlson Romano is two twenty nine. David Henry is one thirty five. Oh my god, what a bargain! <laughs> Next up, we have the voice of Jafar, Jonathan Freeman, or the voice of Iago, Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, I want to say Gilbert would do it like for charity, so maybe he would make his less. Um, but I don't know that Jafar is voice actor that much. I'm going to have to go with Jafar's. Yeah. Jonathan Freeman is 50. Gilbert Godfrey, 132. Oh, Jesus. Never mind. <laughs> Next that up, we got, we got two girls from High School Musical. Okay. We have Casey Stroh, who played um, the, the, the dancer, um, the dancer. Uh, from uh, Status Quo. The girl oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Or Alessia Rulin, who was um, the little pianist. I'm going to say the dancer costs more. She's only 55. Um, oh. The other one, 100. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> now we got Jim Cummings, who is the, the voice mm-hmm. of Winnie the Pooh, mm-hmm. or John Rastenberger, who is the voice of every Pixar character. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, my God. Cummings is... These are not my words. I heard he was the 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 slut of voice acting. Um, I want to say he's more expensive. You got it right. He mm. is two twenty five. John Ratzenberger is only one twenty. Mm. And finally, how much can you get a cameo from Garrett Clayton for? I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Garrett Clayton was in Teen Beach Movie. Uh, he oh. was also uh, Link in Hairspray Live. Okay. He's now really gay. Oh, good for him. Uh, <laughs> okay. I want to say triple digits. Um, let's do 125. It's only 60 bucks. Oh, shit. Listeners, okay. Yeah. Listeners, if you want to get me, I'll, I'll take it. Tell them, like, propose <laughs> to me. I'll take it. <laughs> oh, my God. Ugh. How far will you go in drag? Do you have any limits? Oh, interesting. Um... I guess I don't know what um, my thing with limits is like, I know when I get there because <laughs> um, I've had like ideas to like have sex on stage. Um, I don't think I like, I think the only things like bodily fluids, not a big fan. I know I just said sex, but like not bod- like bodily fluids are like a no go. Um, I don't want to make my audience like too uncomfortable. Fair, fair. Um, I mean, I, I've definitely yeah. been in a bushwig where there was a little bit of fisting on stage, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Welcome, Brooklyn." Mm-hmm. Oh, we love a good fist. <laughs> it fits. It um, fits. I always say there's two types of people in this world: Jim Henson's and Muppets. <laughs> it is true. How does gender identity play a role in Dragon Nightlife? Interesting. Um, I think we're still in an era where um, cis gay white man drag is like seen as the standard 
seen as mm-hmm. the goal, seen as the most profitable, all that jazz. But I think if when you look like behind the curtain, I think a lot of the leaders are POC and um, trans women and, and trans men. Um, and I think we need to do a better um, job at like uplifting those, um, bringing them from behind the curtain and making mm-hmm. them more pillars of the community and changing the face, literally changing the face of drag. Um, cause I, I have friends that are, um, cis female who like get discriminated against, um, and told they're like not doing, um, drag, but I'm like, you're wearing more makeup than I am right now. And it's just like, um, so I, we're still, even though we're dressing up as women or more feminine, um, it's still like a man's game at the end of the day, mm-hmm. which is weird. Very weird to think about. Have you had any um, negative experience? Um, not me personally. I I I have passing privilege as uh, I'm I'm like I said earlier. I'm a very white twink. Um, I like to joke I'm a rapidly aging twink, but um, I still have that like appearance of being cis, and um, I can kind of coast by. But I try to um use that privilege in a way to like get more underrepresented groups or mm-hmm. um, my friends to get gigs or just help them out um because i mean that's all that's all you can really like do is to like use your power and position to like uplift those that like didn't get the same opportunity absolutely so, yeah how important is social media in the drag scene? I think that's changing, but um, I think it is relatively important. Um, I think it's, I know currently my um, relationship with social media is not the healthiest, um, mm-hmm. but um, so people still look at follower accounts, but um, I think as a platform, like Instagram is like, kind of fading away and kind of dying so like i think those numbers are not going to count in like i don't know a couple years from now probably but um um i think too much drama can live online and it's kind of cemented to live there kind of forever um i mean just look at um i know we mentioned it earlier dragula just all the hate towards like Mary and Zavaleta at the moment is just purely online. Cause none of those bitches would say it at one of their shows. No. Nope. <laughs> so, yeah. Drag is becoming more and more mainstream. Is it going in the right direction? Oof. Um, I think the drag bubble is about to pop. Um, mm-hmm. And we've gone through like waves of this um, before. Um but I think with the oversaturation of drag race, um, we're going to see a decline in public interest. Because um, once straight people um, lose interest in drag race, they ain't going to come yeah. to our shows. They're not going to switch platforms. <laughs> right. So um, I think we need to start, we probably need to start it like probably half a decade ago, but setting up ways to 
be successful as artists um, in a community that doesn't live off like the drag race machine. Um, yeah. Do you think that the age of digital drag helped drag in overall and should it still exist? Um, yeah, I think it's just a different medium. I think, um, I mean, drag drags performance art um, and definitely like a time-based media. I'm just using my terms from grad school at this point. <laughs> uh, so, um, but it's a time-based medium, which means it's, it's um, finite. It, once you miss a performance, it's gone basically. So um, video performances like help keep that um, around basically mm -hmm. so that others can be, uh, be viewed later. Um, so I think it's important to like, I'm all about documenting um, mm -hmm. your art and stuff. Um, and I know things change and everything, but um, yeah, I think it's important. Um, and I think we should continue it. I don't know if the platforms we're doing it in are the best, but um, sure. I know um, there's been efforts to, I guess, store it and document it better. So, yeah. Yeah. We're going to play everyone's favorite game. It is time for tea time. If you're mm. going to spill some tea on some of your favorite sisters, friends, colleagues, people you competed mm. with, people you shared a stage with, hey, maybe people you don't like, we're going to find out. Are you ready to spill some tea? I guess. Oh, <laughs> nervous. All right. <laughs> We're going to start off um, with a very nice person, Isaac, Miss Isaac. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. My my babe. Um, I love her dearly. Um, she's actually been making me some outfits. And most oh, recently, cool. she made my Bushwick performance outfit. Um, and um, so I, I love her as a friend. Um, I probably need to text her um, <laughs> now that I think about it. Um, but and. Um, seeing her as like a designer up up and coming designer it's like really cool to see um her growth from that too so i love her dearly she she's very talented so yeah next up obscura obscura i i saw her i saw this bitch last week <laughs> <laughs> um love her dearly i um i feel like i hope she doesn't think this is a read um i feel like she's not doing drag as much and i think that's a shame um, because her looks were very good. So I would like to yeah. see her out. She's been out a lot, but, um, not at, I don't know if she's been in drag as much granted, neither have I, but <laughs> fair. Yeah. yeah. Next we have Coco Taylor. Coco, oh my God. Good old Coco. I forgot she was in my season and that's not a read. I just forgot. Cause she's been doing her own thing and it's been wonderful to see. Um, she's always been a sweetheart to me. Um, no, no. Yeah. I, I, I feel like this tea isn't great. I'm just like, I love everybody. <laughs> hey, that's fine. Yeah. Next up, Vicky DeVille. Oh my God, Vicky. Um, she, uh, what a talent. Um, I love her so much too. Um, and, um, I, UDP was like where we like bonded more and, um, we're kind of in the same, um, friend circle now um, I don't get to see her as much which is just shame but when I do it's a, it's a treat um, we used to do um, not even drag brunch but like just regular brunch which was nice mm -hmm. and I missed that but um, yeah I just haven't seen her in a minute she's busy she's doing um, her day job so <laughs> next up Violet Tendency I got Violet um, Violet uh, no that's not true but she um, or excuse me they were um, 
one of the, the only times I like had a show that was like dedicated to me for my birthday, which was really cool. Um, and we did that at Auto Shunken Head. Um, Violet's been really cool. Um, haven't seen them, haven't talked to them in a minute. Um, thanks, pandemic. But um, I do remember, here's some shady stuff I can remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I just remember the first um, time we met, it was at, uh, I believe, Drag Wars at Pieces. And at this time, I was like copying um, Vander Von Odd's face mm-hmm. to a T. Um, and they go, did you watch Vander's um, tutorial? I'm like, yeah. And they were like, I can tell. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but that's a good thing also. Yeah. If you matched yeah. it. Well, I don't know if I did, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up is Ellipsis. Ellipsis. Um, haven't talked to them in a while, but um, Wepa Wednesday um, was the shit back in the day. Um, and. I'm grateful for her and her co-host Tracy, um, now uh, known as Freya R- R- Ray. Excuse me. Um, um, that space was cool. Um, it, I I've told most of my drag friends know this, but um, in grad school I was like, you know, starving artist basically, and um, sometimes I would just go to Wepa just to eat. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, um and hopefully I made enough tips but we didn't make that much money but I was hope I would get enough tips to get up back on the train so I'm thankful for that space um in that time you know next we have Max Pleasure Max Pleasure oh my god Max I haven't talked to him in a minute um what a talent um we aren't super close but um when we get to talk it's always like just admiring each other which is really cool um, just get to fangirl about um, each other's what we do. Um, and I know they've been doing like a YouTube stuff lately. Um, and I th- this is like right before the pandemic, we were talking about like how to like switch to digital stuff. Cause um, I think right before the pandemic, I like started doing more photography and mm-hmm. um, we were just like, um bonding over that for a little bit um and i mean it worked out for both of us because i'm like we were kind of a little prepped for the pandemic that's fair next we have angelica frankenstein yes angelica frankenstein (laughs) um i miss her so much her and her boyfriend um mikey um were the sweetest people they were like some of my closest friends um while we were performing um we kind of commiserated about just how shitty some of the politics and um, the scene were at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just gave a cool space for people kind of like on the, um, I don't want to say outskirts, but like more people on the, the, the fringes of the community, which was really cool. Um, and they produced really cool parties. Um, yeah, honestly, some of the most sweet and genuine people I know. Um, and um, I miss them dearly. I should, again, all these people, I'm just like, I should reach out to them. <laughs> Well, let's see if there's another person you got to reach out to. Devoe Monique. Oh my God, Devoe. Um, we were really close during the pandemic because um, um, she had to move to Virginia um, to stay with family. Um, and uh, we just talked and bonded and um, our relationship got stronger. Um, we recently had a disagreement um, and we haven't been talking as much, um, but I, I respect her her hustle and her work ethic that 
she's fucking always on the go, always doing a gig. And um, I wish I had that energy. Um, but I, I, I admire her for what she's doing and where she wants to get to. Yeah. Next, Untitled Queen. Oh, my babe. <laughs> um, uh, like I said earlier, I wish I was half the artist Untitled was. Um, honestly, I... I just, it's like a treat to see her perform and um, what she comes up with. And um, I I don't want to say I'm like copying her or whatever, but I've definitely taken a lot of influence from her. Um, and she's definitely like changed how I perform and how I approach performance. Um, I just think she's a genius. Um, and I, <clears throat> I never say this to her face because um, I know I, if I was in her shoes, I'd be uncomfortable with the amount of like love I have for her. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I absolutely adore her. I'm seeing her perform tomorrow. I'm very excited at, um, nice. about that. Same with DeVoe um, at Sad sad Acting, the nice. sad song, straight acting combo. <laughs> All right, let's, I got, I got to hear some tea. Emmy, great. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> um. Where do I start with this bitch? <laughs> um, she, I, I, I do think people had like a misunderstanding of our relationship. I think a lot of people did think she was like my mom for a hot minute. Um, that's never been the case. She has been like the closest thing to a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I could, I, I don't claim anybody as my mother. Um, I, I'm self-taught on everything. Um, some tea. Let's see. Hmm. Oh, we'll get in very heated arguments, <laughs> mostly about um, because she wants the best for me, and I know I know mm-hmm. that um, she doesn't want any bad things happening to me. But how she'll approach me with these topics is not always the nicest, <laughs> which I guess in a way is motherly or aunt aunt like. Um, so uh, there's been periods where I just wouldn't talk to her for a minute because mm-hmm. she just pissed me off. So, but, um, so we have that kind of back and forth relationship. But I messaged her today. Uh, she's fine. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> and finally, last but not least, Caitlin Tepper. Oh, my God, Caitlin. Um, see, I feel like Caitlin has more uh, tea on me than I have on her because <laughs> um, um, she's constantly reading me on the show and been per- she's blunt as fuck. She, <laughs> um, she, uh, she's a pleasure to work with. Um, I love her daily. Also seeing her tomorrow. Very excited to hang out. Um, and yeah, she's hardworking. Um, I really hope one day she could do, if she wants this, um, to interview like full-time, just become like a celebrity um interviewer but queer celebrities because i don't think she really wants to talk to like i don't know brad pitt or something but god knows i don't if it it pays the bills you know (laughs) i'll Mm -hmm. talk to anyone exactly (laughs) you've fallen down a rabbit hole on youtube what are you watching videos of oh my god um i watch a lot of i'm so boring i (laughs) i watch a lot of like just theory videos like film theory and like Mm -hmm. um so I think I started on like um, Lindsay Ellis is one of my favorite YouTube channels, um, and she does a lot of critiques on like um, and applying film theory to like Disney movies. And from that, I started watching like 
Disney adults and like, what does that mean? And like, that was fascinating to watch. Um, and I'll just get on to these like weird deep dives of like very niche uh, culture um, and talking about like the politics and the history and all that jazz. I, I somehow ended up on, of course I did, um, on like Bible talk. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> so yeah, that's my normal Wednesday night. <laughs> if you could eat one meal every day for the rest of your life, what are you eating? Probably some sort of mac and cheese. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> um, now, now, not craft, or are you like you like uh, gourmet mac and cheese, fancy uh, cheese. Not even like that. Fan- like fast food quality is fine with me. Like okay, lo- love me some Popeye. I, I guess they just revamped their mac and cheese. I could talk about fucking fast food mac and cheese all day. Um, so K- uh, Popeye's just revamped their mac and cheese. KFC has the classic mac and cheese. Love mm. that. Um, I don't think they have them up here, but Bojangles has pretty good mac and cheese too. What about uh, uh, Boston Market? Boston, that was my favorite for the longest time, but we hadn't like none near me, um, unfortunately. But and um, I'm trying to think. Oh, back home south, uh, Publix mac and cheese was like the mm-hmm. shit. So, <laughs> if you had to pick one New York City drag artist to be your partner on the Amazing Race, who would it be? I've never seen The Amazing Race, so I don't know. Well, plot. basically, you're racing around the world. You're doing challenges, okay. jumping off things, eating weird okay. things. Who's your partner? Oh, boy. And making good television, of course. Making good television. Okay. You know what? Honestly, if we want good television, me and Emmy would be a nightmare. But <laughs> <laughs> um, if not her, I think me and uh, Caitlin could definitely mm-hmm. like suffer through it and Hey, listeners, get on their podcast and start this campaign. Get them on the Amazing Race. Oh, boy. We're going to go into the pop five rapid fire. I'm going to give you five pop culture headline stories, news topics, and you're going to give me a word phrase, whatever you want to talk about for each. Okay. Okay. All right. Number one, the debut of the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Oh, I watched that last night. Um, Not impressed, but happy that... uh, Green Goblin is there, Willem Dafoe. Okay, everyone loves the Marvel movies, but the original Spider-Man trilogy is the best. Do not at me. I do not want it. <laughs> Listen, it is. It, no one knows what the hell is going to happen in this movie. It's already been kind of debunked in it where mm-hmm. the universes are... are, are... Yeah. Tobey mm-hmm. Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be in the movie. It's yeah. not a surprise mm-hmm. anymore. How it works, it, it breaks open everything in Marvel. I don't get mm-hmm. it. It hurts my head to think about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm excited to see all the villains because Spider-Man, mm-hmm. I, this is complete shade to Marvel. Uh, I think Spider-Man's the only one with good villains. <laughs> fair, fair. I, I think X-Men did have some good villains, but Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, Disney Marvel hasn't gotten to them quite yet, but we're yeah. getting there soon. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. All right, number two is Travis Scott sued by 125 fans for 750 million for Astro World tragedy. Um, yeah, fuck him. Um, I I've seen clips of the videos and it's uh like fuck. And then um, the whole tragedy is just um. I think he's being very disrespectful about mm-hmm. about about what happened. Um and. Um, I mean, I have some questions about like like why a ten year old was there, but that's a different conversation. Um, sure. But um, I think the most insidious thing I think I saw a TikTok on it. He like partnered up with like BetterHelp, uh, which is like a psychiatry 
website and they like you like sign up for them and they like sell their your data and stuff and it's just like he probably got like half a million for that and Gross. he's profiting off of 10 people dying so yeah fuck that <laughs> yeah I, I mean like we've been to concerts we've been to big events i mean bushwick big event people yeah. go close to the stage but it's oh, almost unfathomable to imagine that happening i don't know what i would do in that situation i, yeah. I can't imagine and he's like stopped concerts for minor things before and like right. And I, cause I was thinking in relation to this, like, um, when Ariana had that terrorist attack on her mm-hmm. concert, like, I don't think we heard from her for like a while. Cause she was just like struck struck and like, it wasn't even her fault. Like it was just an accident or not, excuse me, not an accident, terrorist <laughs> attack. Right. Um, but like, he is like, yeah, fuck him. Mm. Yep. <laughs> Speaking to people, we want to, um, say fuck you too. the mm-hmm. Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Oh yeah. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know what is like, it's, I think the history books, like two of the cases we're going to look at and just be like, our justice system was like complete, completely fucked and didn't work is like this case and um, Brett Kavanaugh's like, um, mm-hmm trial for uh, was a trial or just like initiation hearings, for yeah. hearings um for the supreme court and it's just like the headlines i just keep hearing out of this one specifically especially about the judge and um i, I watched a video of him like just explaining that his texts were getting deleted and i was just like what the hell does this have to do with literally anything right now so yeah. um yeah it's my it's my, my feeling is i'm not trying to be ageist but the world moves forward. We have to keep up with it. If you are not realizing that technology is the biggest part of us moving forward as a society, and you yeah. can't keep up with actually knowing how to phone, use a phone or mm-hmm. how to zoom in into a photo, I don't think you should be in a power position that you are. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. goes back to many positions in politics and, and, and government and, and everywhere, mm-hmm. even big business. Like, if you don't know how to send an email and you need your assistant to do it, maybe you should rethink what you're doing. That's currently my job. Um, not happy about it. <laughs> it, it just, it's wild to me. Like I yell at my mom. I'm not, she, hmm. she, she just doesn't know how to do certain things on the computer and stuff. I'm like, you can yeah. learn. But yeah. the fact that like it, there are so many people like that. It just, it, it blows my mind. Yeah. Sometimes. It really pisses me off too. It's just and, like... and to think that that may be a key factor why this kid may get off. Not cool. Yeah. Not, it's not yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. Speaking of things, getting off number four, Britney Spears finally free from conservatorship. Uh, what? Like, I, I never been the biggest fan of her music. I was as like a little kid, um, but never the biggest fan of her specifically. But like, just seeing the like and hearing like all the horrific stuff that like basically the media has been doing or did to her like 2007 and such. And then like we, as a public, I don't want to say we like pushed her into that, but I feel like we kind of did. And um, I'm, I'm very glad she's out. Um, And I, it's a shame it took this long. And, um, and, um, but she, I think she released a video today just being like, Mm -hmm the fancy saved my life and everything. Um, and I, I, like I said, I'm not 
the biggest fan of her music, but like that, that got me emotional. Um, just yeah. to see basically someone like suffering from abuse and being like, I'm out, which was yeah, really cool. It's really great. It was really interesting watching that video because everything mm-hmm. she said, you, it, it, it's great to hear and hear that yeah. she's going to make progress and she's going to talk about things and help mm-hmm. other people in situations. Yeah. But if you analyze the video and analyze her body language and the way she was swaying the entire mm-hmm. time, She's a very anxious person yeah. and the past 13 years really fucked up her life. And yeah. that's going to take a lot of therapy to get through. And I hope the media is going to not put kid gloves on, but, but yeah. give her a break. Let I, her live her life. I hope they like leave her the fuck alone. Um, Cause I, I saw a good point. I don't know if it was on Twitter or something, but um, it's basically like, she's going to have moments where it feels like, she's being irrational or emotional or something we all do it um and but people are going to start to question like was that a good idea to take her off of that and of course it was it it was manipulation so yeah number five house of gucci oh boy (laughs) um i don't think that like when the initial trailer came out i was just like this is not a good girl (laughs) um Lady Gaga is someone I would literally take a bullet for or probably shoot someone for. Um, but I can't, I've, I've heard mixed things so far. Um, I wasn't granted an advanced screening like some of these queens. <laughs> um, but um, I love her. I love her dearly. I'm going to support her, whatever she does. I'm a, go- I'm a little monster at, at heart. Um, I don't think it looks good though. <laughs> I mean, uh, the accent is very much an accent and it's acting accent. Mm-hmm. Um, will she win an Oscar? We'll find out. We'll see. Probably she already has one. She's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, All right. So I have a fan corner question for you. Are you ready? Oh, yes. Oh. This is a question from Caitlin Tepper. Oh. <laughs> what is your favorite Sufjan Stevens song? <laughs> um, I, oh my God. I love me some soup jam. Um, I think... Age of Odds um, from the the same album uh, of the title. Um, it's a good anxiety song about like things just changing basically, and it's like uh, crescendos into just like this. I'm using big boy words right now. Concophony, <laughs> um, just sound and like um, basically like things are happening. We need to do something about it. Things are happening kind of. Um, and, um, the whole album's gorgeous, but, um, that was my first album of his. Um, and so I really love that, um, song. And I, I did a tribute to it, um, last year. I, I recreated album art. And, um, so that was like my finale because it was like the most technical makeup, but, um, nice. yeah, I, I love me some Sufi- Sufjan. Um, even even from Call Me By Your Name, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm still yet to see that movie. I don't. Uh, don't. <laughs> Listen to the soundtrack. The soundtrack's great. Yeah, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> I have my previous guest ask my current guest a question, and this okay. is a question from Amanda Pork. Okay. If you had to have a Real Housewives tagline, what would it be? <sighs> I... For the longest time, I would just copy pearls um, <laughs> from that drag race challenge, which at, which at this time I can't even remember it. Um, 
I may not be smart. I may not be pretty. There you go. There it is. Well, now is your turn to ask my next guest a question. And it can be about anything Mm -hmm. you want. You don't get to know who it is. You just get to ask a question. Okay. Mm -hmm. What is your dream venue to perform on? Oh, I like that one. I'm I'm, I'm here for that one. Well, we're always here trying to expand the Block Talk community. Who would you like to hear on the podcast for an interview? God. Um, get some of these Brooklyn girlies in. I don't know how many Brooklyn guests you've had before. Um, but yeah, get um, Untitled would be great, um, mm-hmm. obviously. Honestly, if you can get Mary, Mary would Mary would spill some tea. Uh- <laughs> I'm sure. I don't. If, if she listens to my podcast, I'm not sure she's going to come on, but we'll find out. We'll, some of the recaps, I was not mm-hmm. too generous, but I'm just, rec- I'm talking about the show I'm watching. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. you. You're a lovely lady. It's just it's delusion. It's on that um, show. It's delusion. <laughs> I I think some of the um, ch- uh, cheeky would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, Bojangles. I'm trying to think. What else? Yeah, I know those girls have stories, so I, I they'd be fascinating just to Amazing. hear. Well, we'll, re- we'll reach out. Yeah. Where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Oh, of course. Um, you can always find me on all social media at um, Drag the Martyr. Um, that's drag is in what I do. The as the only one and martyr as in the attempt of Jesus drag I'm doing. And then my Venmo and cash app are, uh, don't be a martyr, um, because that's my job. And, um, you can listen to wigging out on all streaming platforms, I believe, um, at wigging out podcast. Um, and then you can follow us on Instagram. I think we have a Twitter, but mostly Instagram at, um, waking out pod so yeah amazing well it was so great having on the show likewise it was good to catch up and chat with you it's been a minute so um but thank you for having me on appreciate it the biggest thanks to martia for coming on subscribe on apple Podcasts, audible google play spotify soundclutter sister and leave us a review while you're there if you have any questions or comments drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link like listen love until next time i'm michael block And that was Block Talk.